What's up, Robert Harmon? Nothing much. Good to see you today. Good to see you, my friend. <laughs> so today we want to talk about um, 2 Kings 18 and 19. We want to follow up on the story that we talked about this past Sunday in service. King Hezekiah, who is a righteous king. He's one of the few righteous kings of Judah. And the text says that everything that he did prospered. And I wanted to follow up on that story and keep going because the next story right after this in eighteen and 19, in chapters 18 and 19 is just, it's action-packed, it's fantastic, it showcases this dramatic contrast between the this the great empire of Assyria opposing Yahweh opposing the Lord the God of of Israel and Judah and uh we you can guess how the story will end here um, Yahweh that means Jesus right For yeah good question they don't know the people that out there don't know learn that today Yahweh means Jesus. And I've had some people in my life tell me Yahweh, and I'm thinking, what in the world's wrong with them? But now, now I know what it means. Yahweh yeah. means Jesus. It means, actually, um, it doesn't mean Jesus. It means, okay, so anytime you're reading the Old Testament and you see the word Lord, and it's right. all uppercase, L-O-R-D, it it is the Hebrew word Yahweh, uh, Y-H-W-H. The first time that word is introduced is at the story of the burning bush with, with Moses when the Lord says, and it translates in our English, I am who I am. The Lord says, I am. He says, I am Yahweh. And so it's, it's actually a word that is difficult to transliterate. Um, but the point is that that is his, that is the Lord's personal covenant name to his people, is Yahweh. And so in this episode, we'll use the word Yahweh in the place of the all caps Lord. Um, I like to do that. I like to read it that way because it, for one, it distinguishes him from the air quotes gods of the surrounding nations because they all worshiped different gods. And so... Our God called himself Yahweh. Yahweh. And it says, Yahweh, the Lord, your God. And God, the Hebrew word for that is Elohim, which is God. So the Lord, your God, Yahweh, your Elohim. So we'll be using that language. If you hear that today, um, that's what that means. So jumping into this story, Hezekiah. Okay, so let's, Hezekiah is a righteous king. He wholeheartedly followed the Lord. And he also got rid of the idols. One of the things in the history of Israel and then Israel and Judah, even the kings that the Bible says are righteous, they still, a lot of times it would say that they wouldn't destroy the idols. And it says here, it records that Hezekiah wholeheartedly followed the Lord and he even destroyed the idols, which was a really big deal. And if we remember back to the very beginning of the God's covenant with his people Israel, he said to them, If you will obey me, I will bless you. 
And if you don't, you will you will be cursed and you'll be given into the into the hands into captivity. You'll be you'll be punishment. You'll receive my judgment. And so we see here that that uh, King Hezekiah is blessed because he followed the Lord. So the verse is where we left off on Sunday. Verse 7 of chapter 18. So 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 7. It says, And Yahweh was with him wherever he went out. He prospered. Specifically, he prospered in war. He rebelled against the king of Assyria. And he would not serve him. And he struck down the Philistines as far as Gaza and its territory. Um, So the Lord said from the beginning at the covenant, he said, um, I will make you a great nation and I will drive out the other nations from around you if you will wholeheartedly follow me, which Hezekiah did. So the Lord is being truthful to his promise here. Then the story goes um, in, let's see, verse verse, uh, 9 and 10 and 11. What happens here is that it... it, it, um, explains that the Israelites, so by this time Judah and Israel were two different nations. They had split, and it says that Israel had disobeyed the Lord, and Assyria captured them and took them away to Assyria. Um, verse verse 12, it says, or verse 11, says that the king of Assyria carried the Israelites away to Assyria and put them in Hala on the Habor, the river of Gozan, and in the cities of the Medes, because they did not obey the voice of the Lord their God, but transgressed his covenant, even all that Moses, the servant of Yahweh, commanded, they neither listened nor obeyed. Okay, now this launches us into the next scene, which is the scene that we want to focus on today. It says, In the fourteenth year of the king of Hezekiah, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came up against the fortified cities of Judah and took them. Now, this episode is also recorded in the Assyrian history. If you go look at worldhistory.org, it, they have a um, worldhistory.org forward slash Assyria. They have an article on explaining... Um, the the nation of Assyria and its rise to power. And here um, it talks about it. Here I'll quote the, the blog. The late empire, also known as the Neo-Assyrian Empire, is one of the most familiar to students of ancient history as it is the period of the largest expansion of the empire. It is also the era which most decisively gives the Assyrian Empire the reputation it has for ruthlessness and cruelty. And it uh, goes on and quotes a historian called Simone Anglum, writing, he writes, While historians tend to shy away from analogies, it is tempting to see the Assyrian Empire, which dominated the Middle East from 900 to 612 B.C., as a historical forebear of Nazi Germany, an aggressive, murderously vindictive regime 
supported by a magnificent and successful war machine. As with the German army of World War II, the Assyrian army was the most technologically and doctrinally advanced of its day and was a model for others for generations afterwards. The Assyrians were the first to make extensive use of iron weaponry and not only were iron weapons superior to bronze, but they could be mass-produced, allowing the equipping of very large armies indeed. So they they testify that this was a this was a real people group. I wanted to point that out because um, the Bible is a it is sort of a history book. It accounts historical events, but the authors of the Bible record details that they to to help make the point that they want to make. Um, and so it was it was neat to look up Assyria. But they were a they were dominating the Middle East at this time. And so um, we'll keep them in perspective as we continue to look at the story. So what happens here is the Assyrian army attacks Judah and Hezekiah. And uh, Hezekiah says, hey, guys, let's make a deal. What do you want? Like, you got to remember, these guys are huge, terrifying. They're destroying all these nations surrounding the area. And so they say that they want silver and gold. So Hezekiah gives them all the silver and gold in the house of the Lord. And, um, And then the king of Assyria goes on to um, deny Yahweh's power and in, in his arrogance puts himself above Yahweh and it says, hey, none of the gods of any of the other surrounding nations, including Israel, has been able to deliver them out of my hand. Will your God be able to deliver you out, um, you guys out of my hand? Absolutely not. So, Verse 28, let's jump over there. It says, uh, Then the Rabshakeh, who is, that's the messenger for the king of Assyria, he stood and called out in a loud voice in the language of Judah, Hear the word of the great king, the king of Assyria. Thus says the king, Do not let Hezekiah deceive you, for he will not be able to deliver you out of my hand. Do not let Hezekiah make you trust in Yahweh by saying, Yahweh will surely deliver us, and this city will not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. Do not listen to Hezekiah, for thus says the king of Assyria, Make your peace with me, and come out to me. Then each one of you will eat of his own vine, and each one of you his own fig tree, and his own, and drink the water of his own cistern, until I come and take you away to a land like your own, a land of grain and wine, bread and vineyards. And you will live and not die. Do not listen to Hezekiah when he misleads you by saying, Yahweh will deliver us. Has any of the gods of the nations ever delivered his land out of the hand of the king of Assyria? Where are the gods of Hamath and Arpad, the gods of Sharvam and Hena and Iva? Those, by the way, are those are cities in Israel that they just captured. 
Um, Who among all the gods of the lands have delivered their lands out of my hand that Yahweh should deliver Jerusalem out of my hand? So what's happening here is clear. He is, this king is saying, I am stronger than God, than your God, Yahweh. Well, that's not a good thing to do. That's a very bad thing to do. <laughs> Robert's shaking his head. Yes, bad yeah, thing. Very bad. Um, so the story goes, I'll paraphrase, um, Hezekiah and Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, they go into the temple of the Lord and they cry out to, to Yahweh and they say, Here, here's what's happening. Please rescue us. And the Lord, through Isaiah, the prophet, declares that he will destroy Sennacherib. Um, wanted to read Isaiah's Hezekiah's prayer because it's just really beautiful. Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers and read, on, and read it. Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord and spread it before Yahweh. And Hezekiah prayed before Yahweh and said, O oh, Yahweh, the God of Israel, enthroned above the cherubim, you are God, you alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Incline your ear, O Yahweh, and hear. Open your eyes, O Yahweh, and see. Hear the words of Sennacherib, which he has sent to mock the living God. Truly, O Yahweh, the kings of Assyria have laid waste the nations and their lands, and have cast their gods into the fire, for they were not gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore they were destroyed. So now, O Yahweh, our God, save us, please, from his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you, O Lord, are God alone. And so after that, Isaiah the prophet prophesies of Sennacherib's fall. And uh, here in 2 Kings 19.32, Isaiah says, Therefore thus says Yahweh concerning the king of Assyria, He shall not come into this city or shoot an arrow here or come before it with a shield or cast up a siege mound against it by the way that he came, by the same way he shall return. And he shall not come into this city, declares Yahweh, for I will defend this city and I will save it for my own sake and for the sake of my servant David. And that night, the angel of the Lord went out and struck down 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. And when people arose early in the morning, behold, these were all dead bodies. Then Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, departed and went home and lived at Nineveh. And as he was worshiping in the house of Nishrash, his god, Adramelech and Sharezer, his son, struck him down with the sword and escaped into the land of Ararat. And Esrahadan, his son, reigned in his place. So that's the end of that story right there, that narrative. Wow, what a story. So the angel of the Lord came and destroyed 185,000. Okay, we looked up, just for reference, 185,000, that's a lot of people. Um, Wasn't that the size of Montgomery? So Montgomery in 2021 had 198,000. That's a lot of people. Okay, so you can imagine, yeah. 
a lot of dead bodies, a lot of people. Just really think about Go it. Go driving down to Montgomery, and every single human that lives in Montgomery is dead. Every, every so. crack, every corner, from the west side to the east side to the north side to the south side. <laughs> he just wiped them out. Crazy. And um, the lesson is pretty clear. And that's what we want to get to is that um, what we learn from this story is that the Lord our God, He is the one true God. And uh, he, is, he is greater than every king, every kingdom on earth, every nation. Um, and uh, he is true to his word. He's true to his promises. He promised that if his people would obey him here in the, the, old, the old covenant here, if his people Israel and then Judah would obey him, he would make them a great nation. He would defend them, destroy people among them who would come against them, um, which he did here. And he promised that if they disobeyed him and and disfollowed him, that he would give them up, which he did to Israel. And it shows that when people come, when a great king, is, he boasted himself above God, above Yahweh. He said, "I am, I am greater than Yahweh." Essentially, he's saying, "I am, I am God." God dealt with him. Uh, and that is that gives us confidence as believers because we belong to the kingdom of God. Um, we we belong to him and his kingdom will never end. His kingdom will Jesus Christ will rule and reign forever. And we know that um, while we live here on planet Earth, if we live a long time, we'll live a hundred years. And then after that, what? But if we belong to the kingdom of God through salvation in Jesus, we belong to his eternal kingdom where he is, uh, he's the ruler. So just a great lesson, just a great lesson and reminder that God is above every nation, every kingdom, every ruler. There's a lot of shenanigans going on in our world, a lot of craziness, and there always has been. And it's always a good reminder to know that that our God really is more powerful and in control. So thanks for listening with us today, and uh, thanks for joining in this conversation. And uh, we hope that as we talk about the Word, that you would be, we would all be inspired to continue to draw near to Jesus. And uh, it's our desire and hope to uh, resource you with, with content to encourage you in your journey with Jesus. 